It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tom Gazzola with you. I am the host of the Don Wheat Non-White Oilers pre- and post-game show on Edmonton Sports Leader TSN 1260. I also fill in from time to time for Ryan Rashog, the Edmonton Bureau reporter for TSN. And you can catch me sometimes on NHL Network. Joining me today, my co-host, producer and buddy and uh, TSN jack-of-all-trades, the Latino Heat himself, Hernan Salas, you are now officially our uh, go-to guy on the Locked On Oilers podcast show. So, uh, Hernan, this this is quite an accomplishment. You must be proud. A ribbon has been mailed to you. Oh, I'm so proud. It's it's an honor to be uh, a regular mainstay on your podcast. I love talking Edmonton Oilers, especially when they're in first place. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're in first place, Hernan, after dropping a 3-2 overtime loss to the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday night. But they're tied with the Arizona Coyotes, both teams an identical 18-10-4 record. The Oilers get the benefit of the doubt and are ahead of the Coyotes because they have more regulation wins. But, Hernan, as we spoke of on the show last night, another opportunity wasted when it comes to the Oilers. Yes, Ralph Kruger gets his revenge, if you will against the Edmonton Oilers after being unceremoniously disposed of six years ago by Craig McTavish. And now all of a sudden the Oil are 1-1-1 one, one, and one on what was supposed to be a homestand where they could make some hay in the Pacific Division. Yeah, and I think the word you used uh, last night was perfect, which was lackluster. Like, you know, going into this homestand, we looked at the first two teams especially – and we said, uh, that's e- an easy four points for the Edmonton Oilers. If they can get one win in their last two, they'll be, they'll be fine. They'll be a great homestand. But it's been the opposite. I mean, a disappointing game against Ottawa. Just awful game. And then you saw them in the L.A. game get back on, uh, in the win column. But at the same time, it was, um, you know, it wasn't a win that left you, you know, nice and, and happy about it. it they you know, they held on for a 2-1 win. And then last night, a good bounce back in the second period to, to erase that two-goal deficit. But at the same time, you know, disappointing in overtime. And I'll say this. I know we're going to get to it. But the Lions today at practice, I, I think they're saying a lot more than we than, than usual. Uh, I'm intrigued by it. I don't think he was happy with his top dog, especially in overtime. And it's a topic of discussion where do they have to play – you know, that extended uh, shift in overtime all the time because lately, Tom, it's costing them games. Well, Connor McDavid finished with 25-23 time on ice mm-hmm. with 
over five minutes of power play time, 524 to be exact. Leon Dreisaitl played 2459 total, 524 power play time as well. Uh, you know what? And, and some of our listeners texted in, and they were not happy with Dreisaitl and McDavid, and that's three overtimes in a row that the Oilers have lost in. What are you seeing there, Hernan? Is it just the Oilers are being too nonchalant or is that pair being too nonchalant? Because I'll say one thing. In regulation, they passed up a lot of opportunities to take grade A quality shots from the slot. Do you just think that they are in such a groove and rhythm that they feel they can take all the liberties that they want and they're going to be able to pull off the win or get the goal when it's timely uh, because they're at this uh, blistering pace offensively that they could just kind of, you know, go into it, ease, ease into it is, is a better way to describe it. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and Tip kind of said it in his, in his post-game pressure last night where, he was kind of like, they thought they were just going to get back together, and it was drop pass after drop pass. Like, he even said at one point, he thought they had more drop passes than shots on net. So, uh, if it was some quality quotes uh, last night after a 3-2 overtime loss. But, I mean, <laughs> it, it's crazy to think here that we're, we're being hard on, on these two guys who have been absolutely outstanding uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. But in overtime especially, it seems like defensively they're getting a little lazy. Like Leon had two bad passes in overtime to give up possession. Um, and that's why I'm going to say this. Like, I, I think they're split up heading into tomorrow. We don't, we'll see if the lines remain the same as we saw today, Tom. But I think that's the message to his top dog saying, like, yeah, you guys are just not going to uh, – I'm not going to just put you back together and you guys are just going to think you can do whatever the hell you want, right? Yeah. So I think it's a, I think it's a message. Like uh, – I know Dusty and I were talking about it earlier today, and he brought that up. He goes, I think that's a big that, – that's a message to Connor McDavid that we got dry saddle. And I like it because he's not calling out anyone. He's not talking about it with the media. He's just – he's making his point by doing the line. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. This is the Locked On Oilers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, happy Monday, everyone. The Oilers, 18-10-4 on the season. Hernan Salas from TSN 1260 joining us for this Monday episode. And today at the rink, Hernan touched on it a little bit. The Oilers switched up their lines. Dave Tippett getting the bingo balls out. This is how the Oilers <laughs> skated today. Uh, McDavid between Nygaard and Cassie. And keep in mind, Nygaard had a two-point night against the Sabres goal and an assist. Ryan Nugent-Hopkins with Jujar Kara and Leon Dreisaitl. 
Gaetan Haas, who I feel has been playing better, but some you know don't necessarily agree, and that's fine. With James Neal and Patrick Russell, Riley Shahan with Marcus Granlin and Josh Archibald on defense, Nurse Bear, Clefbaum Larson, Russell, Chris Russell with Brandon Manning, while Joel Parison has been sent back down to Bakersfield and Caleb Jones recalled. Parison played three games after a short stint with the Condors. He's headed back there. Caleb Jones returns to the Oilers after spending a week back with the Bakersfield Condors. Looks like Miko Koskinen is going to get the start against the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday night, Hernan Salas. But first of all, where is Sam Gagne and where is Alex Chase on when it comes to these lines? And secondly, what do yeah. you make of these lines? Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll answer the second one first. I, I don't mind the, the lines, actually. I like that they're kind of splitting up. And, and a lot of people wanted to see Dry and Nuge play together, so we'll get a look at that. But again, we, I mean, we've seen this, Tom, uh, far too often. It's going to take how long before the two big guys are together. I mean, if this team falls behind again, I think you're going to see something roll there. But I mean, Nygaard, I think he's been okay. I mean, he, he doesn't have great finish, but he's got the speed to play with McDavid. We'll see if that works. Then um, the second line, you know, R&H, dry set of both skilled guys. Kyra's playing his best hockey of the season, so I'm not too worried about that one either. And then you got your fourth line that played well yesterday with Shahan getting his first of the season. And then the interesting one for me is Neil Haas and Russell. Just, you know, I think all three players are different. Uh, Haas is still kind of getting used to the North American game. He's been good in limited minutes. Patrick Russell, you know, he's that he's a try-hard guy, right? He's going to go out yeah. there. You're never going to outwork him. So, like, he, he brings that. He's had some, uh, you know, he's been unlucky, a goal taken away from a review, and then he couldn't hit the empty net. And James Neal, yeah, I mean, he's been really good this season. I don't think anyone's going to complain, but he has tailed off as of late getting kind of cold here. So, We'll see if these lines can jump start him against them very good and a very fast, and I'd say kind of young Carolina Hurricanes team. But I, I, I don't mind the lines. But again, I, how long will they stay together before McDavid and Drysdale reunited? I think if they're down early again, Tom, we're going to see some more shuffling. And um, as far as Gagne and Chase on uh, Gagne, we're not surprised. I mean, he's he, here for that utility guy. You're going to play when we're down a man or there's some injuries there because you can kind of slot in in any part of your lineup and, and you won't feel it too much. I mean, Nuge is obviously an upgrade on Sam Gagne, but he did a good job filling in in, in the six games that Nuge missed. But then when you look at Chase on, this is a guy I've been hard on all season. Not hard on, but I'm just like, this is what I expected because this is what he's been his whole career. Like last year was the outlier. So for me, uh, I'm a little surprised, Tom, because he did score – in that L.A. game, and he has been better as of late. So I was a little surprised. That maybe it's a maintenance day. Maybe he's dealing with a small injury. We don't know because we didn't hear anything. But if he is out, I, uh, I'll say this. He's gotten a ton of opportunity for a guy that struggled mightily for the first, you know, what was it, four or five weeks of the season. Um, I'm a little surprised he's getting sat out right now just because he has played better. But... I'm not completely shocked. Now, does that make sense? Because I'm not surprised, but I'm kind of like, huh, that's an interesting move. And maybe Tippett is seeing what me and a few other uh, people that watch the game say. Because I said, this guy's getting way too many opportunities to not be producing, and that's just not him. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little surprised he's out of the lineup in, in favor of, a, let's say, a Patrick Russell. Let me ask you about Joel Parison. Through 13 games, 
in the NHL. He comes over from Sweden. He has two assists, minus one, two penalty minutes, 17 shots on goal. He gets into three games since being recalled by the Oilers from Bakersfield, got sent down on a conditioning stint, averaged about, you know, 13 and a half, 14 minutes, was able to come up with five shots, minus one, two penalty minutes. The dash came yesterday. The penalty minutes came yesterday. I'm seeing a lot of uh, Philip Larson in in Joel Perrison. Yes. And I was leery of throwing out that comparison in training camp. I said, let's wait and see how this guy adapts to the NHL. Let's Let's give it some time here. And we are into the third month of the regular season. And he's on his way back down to the farm team after getting a short look back up with the big club after he was supposed to have learnt some of the nuances of the North American game. What's going on in your eyes with Joel Parison, Hernan Salas? Yeah, I don't think he's been terrible, Tom. I think, again, he's getting used to the North American game. I He's a little soft defensively. I think that's the big issue. I, he moves around the ice well. He, he moves the puck well. Uh, but under pressure, he seems to struggle. When they're playing a big, heavy team or – He's getting have, he has to line up, let's say, against the first, second line of other teams. You see the struggles. And, you know, he's played a lot this year with Clefbaum. I think Clefbaum sits on like a minus 17 this year. He is playing a ton of minutes. He gets the toughest matchups. I get it. But your top pairing guy can't be at that number, in my opinion. Um, Caleb Jones, once again, I, I thought he started good, kind of like last season, Tom, where as the games uh, wore on, he kind of took a step back, and I thought this was happening again. He had a couple rough games before being sent out, but just listening to what Pippen had to say, it's just he's better defensively. Uh, he, he probably moves around the ice better. He's a decent passer as well, so I'm not too surprised with that move. I think Caleb Jones is – I think he's, he's just maybe not this season as a full-time NHLer, but he's going to be one, and he's going to probably play your top four for many years to come here in Edmonton, and, and I like his pedigree, but again, when Benning's do back, he'll be the one going down, because you're not going to keep him here to be your seventh, and then you'll keep uh, Brandon Manning, because yeah, because yeah, they have no issues with him sitting out a few games, or a handful of games, but I don't <laughs> mind the move. I, I, I like I like Tippett, because he's, he's rewarding guys that, you know, has he been better than Paris and Caleb Jones? I think many would say yes. So he's rewarding guys that are just, he's playing the guys that need to play to win you games. And I know we're going to get to the goaltending there, and I think that's what needs to happen there as well. But uh, I like Caleb Jones. I like the way he moves. Again, I think when he plays too many games consecutively and the minutes go up, I think that's when he seems to fall off a bit. And like most young defense, and, but yeah, I don't mind it. And person for me, he's just been like, you know, kind of when you just go meh. Like, he's been okay. Like, I don't really notice him. or he's, he's really not moving the needle for the team. So, I don't mind that move at all. Caleb Jones threw nine games this season, minus three, no goals, no assists, and four shots on goal. Very quiet. Very quiet for him. In 26 career National Hockey League games, Jones, a goal, five assists, minus 12 with six penalty minutes, and 25 shots on goal. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You're listening to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tom Gazzola and TSN 1260's Hernan Salas on this Monday edition of Locked On Oilers. We've been talking about the Oilers forward unit being tweaked by head coach Dave Tippett today at practice. We've talked about the Oilers defense also seeing some slight changes. Caleb Jones has been recalled from Bakersfield while Joel Parrison has been sent back down to the Condors. We will see what the situation is with Matt Benning. Of course, he's being held out after taking a puck to the head last Sunday on a redirected shot from Josh Levo. And that was the first game back for Benning after going through a week of concussion protocol after getting whacked in the head by Evander Kane in San Jose. We don't know for sure how long Caleb Jones will be up with the big club. Hernan, you teased it. The goaltending situation, we finally saw Dave Tippett break from that two and two. Two starts for one guy, two starts for the other guy. Uh, especially, he did it once earlier in the season, but it had to do with the back-to-back situation. We saw Miko Koskinen get three starts in a row, and then Mike Smith gets the nod against the Buffalo Sabres. Overall, I thought Smith was okay, 17 saves on 20 shots. Ultimately, he gets the loss. Doesn't get a lot of run support generally from the team in front of him, and that's cost him a couple of losses as well. But having said that, that second goal, the rebound on it was ugly. Add to that that uh, Koskinen has looked pretty good, and the numbers suggest that it's time to run with Miko Koskinen. He finally gets three starts in a row. We're going to expect to see Miko Koskinen tomorrow against Carolina, aren't we? Yeah, I, I think that's the right move here. And unless it's back-to-back, I think you got to roll with Koskinen. And everybody's worried about his workload and all that. I mean, he, the, the split so far has been really good for both goaltenders. But you're getting to that point in the season where you're going to get tough games. Their schedule gets a lot harder from here on in for the Edmonton Oilers. And right now, I, I mean, listen, I, uh, you know, I'm going to eat curl on this as well, but I never thought I'd be saying this, but Miko Koskinen is the number one goalie on this team right now. I, and I can flat out say that because he's been better and much better. And you can talk about run sport all you want. Uh, and it, it's a fair argument, but Mike Smith hasn't been good as of late. Uh, he, 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 I mean, he was really good in that Vegas game, but after that, and even before that game, he, he's struggling a bit. He's, the team's always down early and, and, and chasing the game. And that's something that the Edmonton Oilers got to stop doing here. So for me, I think Miko Koskinen has to run with it. I know Gregor wrote a great article on what he sees for, for games played. And I think he even said if he, he ends up playing all those games, it's, he's only like, it's not like he's playing a ridiculous amount more than, than Mike Smith or like a ridiculous amount like we saw Talbot play that one year when he was over like 60 games or something. But mm-hmm. I think Koskinen gives you the best chance to win. He's been the better goaltender. And um, I, I don't agree with going to 2-2 two, two split anymore because, it, like I said, the schedule is getting harder. It's not about, oh, I don't want to hurt its feelings or anything. This is a professional hockey team, Tom, and you got to go with the guys that give you the best chance to win. And, and you look at the Caleb Jones, Joel Person. Tippett feels Caleb Jones is, is ahead of him, 
and he gives them a better chance, uh, you know, to win games when he's in that third pair, then you make that move and you can't be scared to do it. So I think Koskinen, you know, he was in a starter's net today, but I think he eventually will run with more games. And don't be surprised if he's playing three, four straight here moving forward, unless there's a back-to-back. The Oilers welcome the Carolina Hurricanes to town Tuesday night. It's the end of a four-game homestand. Right now, Edmonton is 1-1-1, and and uh, lackluster, as, as you alluded to earlier, Hernan, in the show, is probably the best way to describe it. Missed opportunities, absolutely. The Oilers then go into Minnesota to take on a wild team that has been excellent on home ice. The wild thus far this season at home are 7-1-2. and two. And one of those seven wins came against the Oilers earlier in the year. And then the week wraps up at home, early start, Saturday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. How do you look at this stretch of three games here? What do you foresee for this club? Which games does Koskinen start in? And where do we see Mike Smith? Do you think the Oilers could win two out of the next three here? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm a little hesitant to say that. Um, they, they've struggled mightily with weaker teams. They play well against the good teams. So, I mean, Carolina's had a lot of success here in Edmonton in the last few seasons. I think the last few games here, they've just won the Oilers. So, I remember last year because my, my nephew took my father to that game and it was 4 nothing or 3 nothing in the first period. <laughs> so, yeah. I felt really bad for my pops and my nephew because uh, it was just Christmas present. But nonetheless, uh, uh, and then you get Minnesota. The Oilers rarely win there. Uh, this this year, earlier on, they got again. Uh, they got beat pretty bad when Minnesota was really struggling. I think they were shut out in that game as Three well. Zip. You get Toronto, yeah, and Toronto, just like Carolina, I think even more has ran the Oilers show. Uh, probably since McDavid came to the Edmonton Oilers. Like I can't remember the, the last time Edmonton has been. Uh, you know. Not close, I don't want to say that, but since they've won a game handily, you're like, wow, that was an impressive performance. The last one was when I think Chris Russell scored on his own net when it was like 4-4 at one point in the third period. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago, I think. But So this is a big stretch for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, no back-to-back. So I think Koskinen, you run with him. And then I think the big one is tomorrow, though, Tom. If you can get that first one out of the way, and then you, the pressure's not on in Minnesota or in Toronto because you got the first win, right? So we'll see what happens. Um, if, if I'm a betting man, I, I think the Oilers maybe get one win in these next three. I just, I don't know. I don't have much faith in Minnesota and in Toronto. That's why I think tomorrow's the game that the Oilers can win. I'm not going to say they should because Carolina's a really good team. Sebastian Ockel has really come on. I think he scored a hat-trick uh, on Saturday night. And Shetnikov has been an excellent, excellent uh, player in his, early on in his career. So I think tomorrow they need the two points. I, I'm picking them to win that one. But again, in Minnesota, just because of, if you've watched this team for the past few years, uh, they struggle there. And in Toronto, it's even worse. So. Hernan, it's going to be interesting to see how the Oilers handle this situation. Do you think that this might be the end of their run at the top of the Pacific Division standings? Oh, Tom, that's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a tough three games, so I'm going to say, I, yeah, I, I got to say Arizona's just playing so well. Vegas is coming on. 
Vancouver and Calgary are, are, are getting hot as well. I think Calgary's won four straight heading into tonight. So, yeah, I, I think the Oilers are going to – I don't think they're going to fall, Tom, where we're like, oh, my God, they're out of a playoff spot. But I think they are going to fall from the, the top of the Pacific. And I think they're going to maintain themselves in that fight. But just the way they – this team sometimes struggles with, with the lesser teams, and, and we're going to see how they do on the road here uh, in Minnesota and Toronto. But I, I think this week will be the first time that they'll be out of first place for, you know, not just one night, but a couple nights, maybe even a week. Uh, they've been atop the first place standings uh, since October 8th, Hernan, except for that one night where Arizona earlier last week uh, leapfrogged yeah. them, and then the Oilers retook the lead. So, yeah, both teams... Tied at 18, 10, and 4. Vegas at 15, 12, and 5 in third place with 35 points. Vancouver at 34. Calgary at 34. And then the San Jose Sharks at 32. Eight points separate those teams in the Pacific Division. Hernan, always a pleasure, buddy. Look forward to working with you Tuesday night as the Oilers take on the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Yeah, and it should be a good one tomorrow. And uh, we'll break it all down uh, on the post-game show. On TSN 1260, Edmonton Sports Leader. For Hernan Salas, I'm Tom Gazzola saying thanks for tuning in to this edition of Locked on Oilers. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.